Good morning. The scripture reading will be taken from Philippians 3, verses 1 through 11. Philippians 3, 1 through 11. It'll be page 1044 in your uh, pew Bible. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This morning, as you know, is Scholarship Sunday, and so I have the privilege this morning of getting up and being able to introduce one, our speaker for this morning, uh, but to also just to tell you briefly about Scholarship Sunday. If you're not familiar with this, uh, I was not involved with it several years ago when some men got together, and uh, I think David described it as a think tank, if you will, uh, but we're talking about our college students, especially those who had made that declaration and said that we will pursue a study of Bible, that we will make that our major. Uh, and then, of course, lead them and pre prepare them to go into the ministry. And so uh, with that was born Scholarship Sunday and that support that said that they will, for those who are pursuing an education in Bible, uh, support them not only with encouragement, and I think it was Doug Perry who made that statement and said, we need to do more than just encourage them. It is important that we encourage them and pray for them, uh, but it's also important that we support them financially. And so with that was born Scholarship Sunday and that scholarship financial aid that will go to these students that have declared that uh, they will pursue an education in Bible that will lead them and prepare them into the ministry. And I think that's a real exciting thing and I'm glad to be involved right now with the college age students and uh, I'm very excited about who and what they are. Uh, I'm excited about seeing where they will go from here. And so uh, I ask your continued prayers uh, on their behalf, not just our college, our college students, but also all our students. Uh, as they pursue and further their educations. But uh, this morning specifically, we want to honor those who have been recognized. And in case you're not aware, there are three recipients for uh, this scholarship this year. Emily Shannon, uh, Carter Moles, who will be speaking to us this morning, and then Alan Cantrell. And so if you get an opportunity today, be sure um, not just to um, talk to them after they speak this morning, but Emily's not with us today. Uh, please make a point to uh, speak to her and tell her how proud you are of her and her pursuits. I know and I'm excited that uh, whatever they decide to do and wherever their ministries take them and where God leads them, they will do great things on behalf of the kingdom. 
Um, I really don't have to give you a formal introduction to Carter Moles. If you've been here any time at all, you know who Carter is. You've seen him grow up in the ministry of youth ministry and, and how he's become a young man now. Uh, and he's decided to pursue a ministry in Bible. Um, in lieu of that introduction, I would just say, Carter, we love you very much. Uh, we are very proud of you, and I look forward to hearing your message this morning. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank the uh, elders and everyone here for uh, the support financially and with prayers and and especially uh, for the opportunity to speak to you all today. And uh, just to explain a little bit what I'm doing with this scholarship, I'm getting a, uh, I'm going and looking at a scholarship in a vocational ministry, which is uh, ministry in a secular work workforce. And, uh, if you would turn your Bibles to uh, Philippians 1, 3 through 11. In, uh, in Philippians, at the beginning, we kind of look over the beginning sometimes of the books because sometimes it's just like a lot of personal introductions and sometimes you don't really understand what it's there for. But the more I dug into this passage, the more, the more stuff I found, found out about it that was, I found pretty cool. Philippians 1 verse 3, Paul writes, I thank God in all my remembrance of you. Usually we, uh, we use this verse, it's kind of like a coffee cup verse where like, if you uh, see someone that you know and you're thankful for them, you're like, I thank God for every time I remember you. But the uh, more, more you dig into it, in Acts 16, Paul is imprisoned in, in Philippi. And that sometimes gets overlooked at that. Paul, Paul remembers that and uh, he's still thankful to God for it. He remembers the bad things, but they're minimized because he knew something good was coming from it. Uh, an example that comes to my mind is uh, I had the opportunity this October to go to Indianapolis for a week for a Special Olympics Team USA training camp. And one of the things we did there, we went to a parade. And coming from Montgomery, that was about 70, 80 degrees every day. Going up to Indianapolis, that was about 40 degrees and had a... Uh, had a severe wind and standing out there for about three hours. That was pretty miserable. But when I remember that parade, I don't really remember the cold. I don't remember, like, I remember all that, but I don't, that doesn't stick out. What sticks out to me is seeing all those special needs kids and they're loving every minute of it. They don't care how cold it is and the impact that was made in their lives. Kind of, uh, kind of ties into uh, verses 12 through 20 of Philippians 1, where he writes, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater purpose, greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ will become known, well known throughout the whole uh, uh, Praetorian Guard and everyone else, and that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. 
The former proclaim, uh, the former proclaim only, uh, only that in every way which in, uh, which in pretense or truth Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know this will turn out, this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectations and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will, even now as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul knew that his imprisonment was for the better of the gospel. It was a bad thing he had to suffer through, but in the end, it helped the gospel, and that's what really matters. In verse 4, in verse 4 of Philippians 1, Paul writes, Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Every time he prayed for them, he had joy. Later he tells the Philippians to do the exact same thing in verses, uh, in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He, want, he wanted them to pray with joy, even though they were going through tough times. Sometimes we struggle to pray with joy. A lot of times, I know personally, I pray a lot with want. Like, God, please give me this, without really thinking, God already has given me so much, and I'm thankful for that. Next time, next time you pray, try and, try and to remember to pray with joy, with more joy. Verse 5 of chapter 1. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul is thankful that the Philippians were evangelistic and spreading the gospel. One of the most encouraging things that I've found for mission trips is after the mission trip and you're talking to people that are down there and they're talking about how the church continues to grow. The people that you've reached out to are now reaching out to others. And that's, that's what happened here in, in Philippi. Uh, verse 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Kind of reminds me of uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 1, where it says all that Jesus began to do and teach. Christianity is a relationship that uh, it's, it's not one and done. You're not always, like, once you come out of the waters of baptism, you're not perfect. Christ continues to work on you. And it's pretty awesome to think that we're getting worked on by the only person to live a perfect life. It kind of be like a, if you were a quarterback learning from an NFL or like Tom Brady, except you won't use a deflated football. But uh. <laughs> and also, it's more meaningful because yeah, it'd be pretty cool to learn to throw a football from Tom Brady, but we're learning how to live a perfect life from the only person to live a perfect life. In verse 7, For it is only right for me to feel this way about you, because, because I have you in my heart, 
since both my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. All Christians receive the grace of God. It'd be hard to think, just from an earthly standpoint, that Paul, someone who'd killed Christians, would receive as much grace and as much forgiveness as someone who's been faithful, uh, who's been faithful and obeyed the, obeyed the Lord at all times. Turn over to a Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20 verses uh, 1 through 16. And here we, uh, in this passage, we read about the uh, laborers in the vineyard. The scripture reads, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. When he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out and about the third hour saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. And so they went, and he went, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found the others standing around and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call, to the, call the laborers and pay them their wages beginning with the last group to the first. When those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. When those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. When they had received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These last men have only worked an hour, and you have made them equal to, those, uh, to us who have borne the burden of this, and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. But I wish to give, to give this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So, so the last shall be first and the first last. We, we all receive an incredible gift that we don't reserve that we don't deserve in grace. And we shouldn't be jealous of those who get the same grace as us if we've been in the grace longer than them. Because Christ can do what he wants and he's given us something far greater than what we deserve. Verse 8 of Philippians 1. For God is my witness, how I long for you, for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. It's pretty obvious through, uh, through this introduction section that Paul loves the Philippian church. And he just kind of reiterates that idea here. Verse 9, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. Kind of goes back to verse 5 where he's talking about spreading the gospel. You have to love people when you're spreading the gospel. We can't come at them with a I'm right, you're wrong mentality because that's, that's doing nothing for him. We must have a true understanding and know how to interpret the situations at hand when we're reaching out to people because if we don't, we can turn them away from God forever. Verse 10, 
so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. When I first read this verse, I got really confused because it's, it's really wordy. And uh, I read some other translations and, and the one that really helped me out understand this verse a lot was in the New Living Translation where he writes, where it translates it to, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ, Christ's return. When we're, in, when we're in an argument, sometimes our pride can take over and we want to, we want to prove our point. We want to, we want to show them that we're right and that they're wrong. But we've all, for the most part, we've all heard the saying, win the argument but lose the soul. And that's not what we want to do at all. We want to, we want to uh, just plant the seed and water and God will give the increase for it. In uh, verse 11, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Everything we do, we need to give thanks to God for. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through, through him to God the Father. Reminds me of a Galatians 5 with the fruit of righteousness. And we all, we've all sung that as kids and love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All those we need to have and we have through Jesus and we need to use them to glorify him. So three applications that I, that I want us to take away from this. First one, pray with joy. As I said earlier, we pray a lot of times with with wants and and we make our petitions known to God, which is perfectly fine. But sometimes we need to just stop and thank God and remember all the all the great things He's done for us. We ne- we need to never stop learning and sharing what really matters. If we just if we just stop our Bible education, if we stop learning more about God's will for us, then some situations will come up where we don't know what to do. And we're not allowing God to continually work through us like he wants, like he wants to. And the last one, Christ is continually working in you so you can change lives for his glory. Christ gives us a purpose. He doesn't he doesn't just save us so we can do what we want. He saves us so we can help share his, his will and spend eternity with him. This morning, uh, are you a partaker of grace? Have you accepted the gift of grace offered by Jesus by putting him on in baptism after repenting for your sins, confessing that he is the Lord? Or have you fallen away from the grace of Jesus by not walking in the light as he is in the light. There'd be no better time than this morning to do so. Uh, If you need any prayers, if you would like to become a Christian, please come forward as we